with the cost of doing business, the, the magic number is a hundred. And so you need to charge whatever it is so that you can make whatever it is you decide you need to make with a hundred people. If you can't do that, you're going to have a hard time. So the big question is, how can physical therapists create a successful career earning six figures or more and give patients the care they need without relying on insurance companies for reimbursement? If you want to learn the answers to those questions and more, then you've come to the right place. My name is Dr. Aaron LeBauer, physical therapist, business coach, serial entrepreneur, and author of the Cash PT Blueprint. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, welcome back to the Cash PT Lunch Hour podcast. This is Aaron LeBauer, your host, and today my special guest is Clint Russell. Clint is a CrossFit gym owner at uh, CrossFit Coronado, and he started a cash practice to design his gym, One Life Physical Therapy. And um, Clint, welcome to the show. I appreciate having you on today. Thank you for having me, Aaron. Yeah, awesome. So, Clint, tell me, I mean, there's a lot of things that uh, we can unpack here, but let's start with how'd you get into physical therapy and and you've did you did that after like you, you've taken a journey like this wasn't like you went to undergrad and you went straight to PT school like like a lot of people right yeah so um I uh was in the Navy and then I kind of I got into my CrossFit gym oh I, I worked here I was a member here worked here and then bought the place August 1st 2010 um was doing great and then probably in 2000, December of 2012, I had uh, some coaches and some members basically try to strong arm me into selling them my business. Uh, and I didn't, obviously. And uh, then they opened a gym down the street uh, and we're an island. So, um, you know, I, I lost a, a chunk of, you know, my morning classes. Uh, it was a, kind of a pretty big hit. Um, ultimately, it ended up being a hit of a, almost about $48,000 a year wow. in, in gross revenue. And that was, they opened March 1st, 2013. Well, I was like, I'm never going to be in this position again. It showed me how vulnerable the business that I had was. So I used my GI Bill and I went to physical therapy school and I started in January of 2014. Um, and so I, uh, let's see, probably short while after that, they went out of business. Uh, we took over another gym and then I ended up selling, we sold that gym in April, 2018. Uh, I finished school then also, and then passed my boards August, 2018, um, started, uh, doing my kind of cash PT. I found your, I saw your ads on Facebook and I signed up for the, uh, like one of the mastermind like meetups. It was in San Diego. So I was like, well, it's in San Diego, I live in San Diego. Why not go to this? So I go to that. Um, and then we start with you, uh, August of 2019 or September of 2019. Um, I was kind of in a position where I was having a fourth child. Um, I needed to, needed to grow my practice and my gym and, and kind of ramp stuff up a little bit so we could, you know, provide for, you know, six people's a lot of mouths to feed. So, um, and here we are. <laughs> right. Um, and then there's the coronavirus and bam, and here we go. Right. I was kind of like telling my story. People, 
you know, like I went back to school when I was 36. How old were you when you went back to school? I started when I was 30. Yeah. So if you were like, yeah. Aaron, tell me, how'd you get here? I'm like, you want the three minute version or the hour long version? Cause there's a lot in there. Right. Right. So yeah. here's what I want to know is let's, I want to go back. It's like, what did, what experience did you have in the Navy? that most prepared you for where you are now? Because not many people are gonna have that experience, right? Because, yeah. Know, and what yeah. was it that you learned there that's made, given you the ability to get into business, buy other business, sell a business, start another business, and, and persist through all this stuff? And so, okay, so uh, this is a tough story for me to tell, but I think it's a good one for me to tell. Um, it's good for, for people to keep hope and it, it's, also just good for me psychologically. Um, I, I spent my whole life wanting to be a SEAL and I got accepted. Uh, I was an officer. I finished BUDS, uh, graduated in 2008, but then uh, I um, failed some of the follow-on training that takes place after that. And, uh, you know, it didn't work out. And I got out of the Navy and I, I tried to like, before I was kind of in limbo for a little bit. And before I got out of the Navy, I tried to trying to work some field to let me finish. Um, and you know, cause I, like I had orders to a team. I mean, it was, it was, it really sucked, but, uh, I went from jumping out of the back of a C one thirty in, in May in Georgia to making minimum wage $7 and 25 cents an hour, like a week later at Valley's total fitness. And that's a pretty big, pretty big difference, you know, like a pretty big culture shock um, to do that. And I think what kind of, I guess I, I figured if I could survive like all of that, it's going to be pretty hard to find something worse than that. Like, I feel like I could kind of make it through anything and you're, you're, you're always, you're always still in the fight. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not over until you're dead. Right. Um, I mean, you can, you can come back from anything if you really want to. Um, and I think a lot of people let their, oh, what's the, there's like a quote, it says, you know, be not too excited in victory and not too humiliated in defeat and realize that both of those feelings are imposters. You know, mm -hmm. when, you know, life's not about getting knocked down. It's about getting back up and, and continue to keep going and perseverance. And I think that's that's probably the skill set that that I learned because going to seven. I don't know if anybody here listening is familiar with Coronado. Coronado is not exactly cheap. Seven dollars and twenty five cents an hour is not going to pay for an apartment in Coronado. So it was a it was a pretty. We got a lot of life lessons smacked in the face real fast, um, but it worked out. Right. Um, and I, I called my dad for for help, and he goes. You're smart and good looking and you have a college degree. You'll figure it out. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, all right. Well, thanks. You know, I've, re I've read enough, you know, it's like I've read enough of, uh, here's what I want to know really is like, I know, I know you a little bit and I know I, you barely taught, you, you haven't really, you've touched on this story with me once, but I've read enough of those like Navy SEALs books to know like Bud's is like, in order to survive that, you have to know how to keep going. Right. Mm -hmm. But then what is it that like, like, 
was there something different after that or after you were not in the Navy or after the SEALs? Like, was there a piece of that that like, where did you get the like, hey, I'm going to get back up and, you know, whether I'm going to do this or I'm going to do something else, like I'm going to go at like, where did the drive come from or where did the reignition of your drive and passion, like where did, where did that come from? Well, I think ultimately, that's a good question. I, they, because I think as I was getting out, somebody once, I think one of the captains said, he's like, all right, what are you going to do now? And ultimately, that's the, that's what it all comes down to. He's like, okay, all this stuff happened. Are you going to let that define you? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to go on and, and kick ass at something else? And that's really, I mean, that's the only, cho- it's the only choice you have. You know, what's past is, is over with. And so well, all that matters is what are you going to do right now? And that's a skill that I learned there. Cause you'd have like an evolution and then you, okay, we're done with that. And now you have to do the next, you have to think about the next one. Okay. And then when we're done with that, we got to think about the next one. And if, and if that doesn't go well, well, you got to bounce back and you got to attack the next one head on. And that's how life is. I think, you know, you don't, you have to one, take total accountability of things that you haven't done well. And then you have to learn from that and get better. And that's your only choice. Mm-hmm. You know, you, no one, no one accomplished anything by feeling sorry for themselves. No one that like feeling sorry for yourself is a totally useless emotion. It's a completely human emotion and we all do it, but that's where we have to, I was telling my daughter actually last night, um, we were talking about, she was asking me questions about like hallucinating and like where the heck she got that. And we started talking about like, when you don't sleep and I just said your mind will play tricks on you. If you let it, you know, it'll get the better of you. If you let it, you got to not let it. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it all comes down to. Wow. Wow. So you get out of the Navy and you're making $7 an hour. Okay. What next? Yeah. So you're working at Bally's uh, like teaching people to lift weights. Yeah, I was like trying to, and they had a really, really shysty payment <laughs> set up because you, you like, I was a personal trainer and, and that's what, that was like your hourly rate. And then you got paid more for training a client. But if you weren't training 20 hours a week and say, say you trained 15, you had like yeah. 15 personal training sessions, you still only got $7 and 25 cents an hour. Like they kept all that money until you were going over 20. And it was a man. I, I was looking back, I was like, I, wow, you guys really cleaned house on us. And so they would just blow through employees left and right. Mm-hmm. And, it, and that, that, that place ultimately ended up closing down. Um, you can't, you can't operate that way. Um, and so I applied for another job. Um, I was a, a work, I ended up working for the Navy on one of the bases here. Um, I actually taught like survival to, to some of the um, Navy and Marines. And that was a job that I had uh, probably, that was August 2009 till March 2012. And that was, I took over the gym August 2010. But in March 2012, that was when I could just do the gym. And we were having a baby. And I was, we don't want, I was gone like 10 days every month. And we're kind of ready to, ready to just do the gym and have a kid. And that'd be our thing. Mm -hmm. Um, 
one of the things we talked about there was something called like the will to survive. And, and that's, that I think is what you gotta have. Like that's just the will that you're just not going to give up. You're just going to keep at it. Yeah. Let's say someone is like, you know, I've never been in the Navy and I don't even like camping. How do they, how do they get in touch with their, like that drive and that power and the will to keep going? Cause we both know being an entrepreneur is hard and it's like, you're almost like it's your, some, you're going to war every day with your competitors or with yourself and with, you know, people even knowing who, that you're there. Right. I think so. I, I think the biggest battles with yourself, yeah. we are our own worst enemy and we can be our greatest ally. But, uh, how do people get in touch with that? That's a question that I don't, I think, I think if you could answer that, I think the military would hire you <laughs> in a heartbeat and you would, you'd, you'd get a fat check for sure. Um, I don't know how you get in touch with that. I think I maybe think like maybe when I was 12, I, I wanted to quit football and I asked, I said, Oh, I don't really like this. I want to quit. I don't want to do it anymore. And she's like, well, you need to finish out the season. If you quit at this, just cause it's hard, you're going to quit at all sorts of other stuff. And I never quit anything again. Yeah. And I didn't quit. I kept playing play through high school and you know, I was like, Oh yeah. All right. That makes sense. And I guess that kind of resonated. Um, but I think, I, I don't know how you, how you develop that in someone. I think you can kind of put people in situations, but I think that's a choice somebody has to make. Yeah. What's the thing that you've struggled with the most in either of your businesses? Like with it, was it like buying into the gym, growing it, selling it? Like what was the, what was the time where you uh, really had to dig deep to figure out like, how are we going to get through this? Probably the toughest thing was whenever, uh, you know, there were two clients and two coaches that wanted to buy us out and they, they went to kind of went off and did their own thing. That was pretty tough because the, there were people that were actually really good at their mm -hmm. jobs and we, they were legitimate, strong competition. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was definitely, definitely tough. Uh, and so we just, I kind of the strategy we adopted, I think they were trying to add like all these different programs, you know, um, and with I think their thought was they could have all these different revenue streams and they were in yoga and CrossFit and run you know, all this other stuff. Whereas we kind of, um, hunkered down the, the guy who, who had sold me CrossFit Coronado was also an instructor in my Navy and we'd become friends and I was kind of talking to him about it. And, uh, he mentioned something called the hedgehog principle and like, you know, a hedgehog curls up into a ball and has a spike stick out everywhere. And that's like the thing it does better than anybody else. And so I was like, we can't, especially it was just me and like two of the coaches, we can't be everything to everybody. We're going to be the best damn CrossFit gym that there is. Let other people do yoga. Let other people do that. That's not what we're experts in. We're experts at teaching how to do CrossFit safely. And that's what we're going to do. And that's pretty much what we've stuck by here ever since. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, like what caused that, uh, these people to, you know, either try to buy you, was it, was it, you know, like, was there like something that happened and they tried to do it and you said, no, that's not like, clearly you wanted to be in business, but was there something that happened? So like, there were, there were two came about, like, is there a story so we can get some context on? Like, yeah. I mean, kind of, so like we went out of town, um, we came back and one of the guys said he wanted to talk to me on a Wednesday and said that they were, and this guy had, uh, you know, he was very successful. He had sold like a garage door company, um, mm -hmm. 
you know, didn't need to work, was probably in his 40s, like just kind of, you know, multimillionaire type guy. And he said that uh, him and this organization that he was a part of, uh, like venture capitalists, was going to buy, um, they were going to actually build this amazing gym on the island and we would not be, it was going to have all these bells and whistles and we wouldn't be able to compete with it. So he said that uh, he wanted to offer me $70,000 and they would run our gym until that one was ready to go. And he didn't tell me who they was. And I had 48 hours to give him an answer. Now at the time I was, let me think here. It's 2000, it's 2020. I think I was 28 at the time. Mm -hmm. Is it eight years ago? I'm 36 now. Yeah, it's eight years ago. And, uh, you know, I've been in business for about a year and a half. Yeah, year and a half, two years, something like that. And it was uh, two years. And it's, uh, we were like, whoa, what in the heck? So we we didn't sell it to him. And then we find out he's got two of our coaches and another guy there. And, uh, you know, I think part of it was one, one of the coaches wanted to own her own gym, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, that was some of it. And then the other coach was a guy who had retired from the Navy, um, a, a, you know, high-ranking officer, didn't really need to work, just still wanted to own his own gym. And, yeah. was uh, it- and then another dude was – there were three people that were retired and one yeah. person that wasn't. Yeah. Did um, it come across more of a threat versus like a genuine offer? And, oh, it was totally a threat. Yeah, yeah. Like, like completely. Yeah. It was trying to, you know, trying to scare people that were young and didn't really know a lot about business right. into kind of buckling and, yeah. you know. Is there a number that they could have said and you would have said yes? At the time, I don't think so. Because yeah. I was like, it would be like, what the heck else would we, what am I going to, I like doing this. What else am yeah. I going to do? Right. Yeah. So... They make this offer. They they give you forty eight hours, which isn't a real time frame. <laughs> you no. guys go into hedgehog mode, right? Yeah. What, what was the first we action like step? Like, yeah. Mode. You went to what? Um, I, freaking out mode. Yeah. At first, we were like, "Man, this really awesome thing we have might not be so awesome." Yeah. Uh, what are we gonna do? And we were like, like we just didn't even respond to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then they sent us an email saying we hoped you'd take our offer or something, something, blah, blah. But, uh, and, uh, they actually didn't have a plan. There was no gym they were building. It was all, you know, it was, they were just trying to scare us into doing that. And the way that the reason they were able to open up another gym, is it just so happened a few weeks, like less than a month later, there was another gym that went out of business like a traditional gym and they took over that building. Mm-hmm. Otherwise they, there was no, yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. So what happened next? Uh, I mean, we just, um, I want to say we actually, we might've raised our prices a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, not on everyone that was going here, but everybody coming in on the basis that we weren't going to get as many people. Um, we changed around how we did like fundamentals. Like we used to charge, there was like a, almost like a setup fee for the three fundamentals and then a month membership. They could sign up for a membership after that. Whereas we basically combined those two things. Yeah. Um, so we charged kind of in the middle of what they were. T- so like more than the setup fee, but not quite as much as the first month membership, but it 
automatically set them up on a membership. So we weren't having to like try and sell them a membership. It cut out that sales step um, after that. Uh, and I know we got, we got some people um, from that. Uh, and we uh, basically just tried to, our, our strategy wasn't so much to try to get new business. It was to just do a really, really good job and build strong relationships with the people that we already had. Um, that's what had gotten us to that point. We felt like that would, that would carry us forward. Yeah, right on. And then as you're moving forward with that, you decide to go back to PT school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where'd Went that, like, where'd that really come from? Well, I, I wanted to, A, I, I didn't ever want to be in that situation, the situation we were in again. Yeah. You know, I felt, I mean, that was our only, that was kind of our only, all our eggs are in one basket. And uh, it was like, if something it showed me, that showed me how vulnerable that the gym was. Right. Um, that someone could come and in and, that I, and set up and just threaten you or just take some business away and really kind of cut into the bottom. Yeah. Line. And there's so many things that, that, that can happen and have happened since then. Like on the Navy, one of the, on the Navy basis, they put free gyms all over the place now. And that's, that's tough to compete with. Yeah. Um, you know, you've had a lot more CrossFit gyms open up over the years. I mean, and even now, like, uh, the, you know, gyms are not allowed to exercise indoors. Well, we're a physical therapy clinic. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of able to get around that a little bit. And it, it, I mean, it's, it's massively helped us in that regard. Um, it, 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 it we needed to have, we needed to have something more. There needed the, the gym, even though it was doing well at the time, there's no guarantee that would last forever. And so, and then also, I kind of thought that being a PT would just, I assume there would be a lot more gyms that would open. Um, but what sets one apart from the other, mm-hmm. you know, why would you pick this one over that one? If you don't know, it's like, well, this one's run by a DPT. Right. And that has gotten us business from other the people that have picked us over other places. And it also justifies a little bit of a premium on like it justifies why we can charge a little bit more, which I've learned on a lot of lessons the hard way for, for a gym. It's much better to have less people paying you more than the other way around. Mm-hmm. Cause you like, you can only be on a first name basis with so many people. Right. And, and that's what, that's what these kind of places take. I mean, you literally have to be friends and like kind of in the middle of the community and, and, um, kind of create like a family environment and you just, you can just only do that with so many people. You know, it's hard to do that with 300 people, but with 80 people, that's totally doable. Right. Right. No, it, it totally is. I don't even know. I'm sure I can remember 80 people's names, but man, I got so many names floating around in my head. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough to really have like a genuine relationship right. with, you know, triple digit number of people. Yeah. What, like, just for reference, what is that like, average CrossFit gym have for numbers of members or, you know, maybe even like, I think Invictus is the big one that's probably in San Diego, right? Like what did like, what kind of volume are yeah. those kinds of gyms doing? You know? Um, Invictus is, is really smart business. They have developed a really awesome, like online, um, business. So they have yeah. like their gym. Um, and I, I would imagine they, they probably have like, I, I have no idea how many yeah. people they have. At one time they had like 300 plus, they might have way more than that. Now it could be less. Um, but they have a really, really legit online, robust online business that yeah. generate that's It's awesome for them. 
Yeah. And that's probably why I know about them is they've got, they've embraced like some of this online training or maybe they've got a, I don't know. They've got, I'm not a huge, they, done CrossFit plenty of times. Sent, I don't know. Like they sent a lot of people to CrossFit games. Yeah. And so they have a really robust kind of online remote training yeah. program for people to, you know, want to go to the next level. Yeah. For like, okay. So on the other end, what would be the, I guess, are there gyms that like, like, that like crush it with like, tw- I mean, do you need, you need more than 20 members, right? Unless you're charging them a thousand dollars a month. Probably. Like- you do need more than 20 members. So like what I've learned and I, number one, if you were to ask me about Oklahoma or Louisiana or Kentucky, I don't feel like I would necessarily be an expert mm-hmm. because every area is different. I do feel like I'm somewhat of an expert having made it for 10 years in San Diego, but what I, but like San Diego is not, Arizona and it's not Wyoming. Right. right. So, but out here, um, with the cost of doing business, the, the magic number is a hundred. And so you need to charge whatever it is so that you can make whatever it is you decide you need to make with a hundred people. If you can't do that, you're going to have a hard time. And why a hundred? So it kind of goes back to that having relationship things. Once you have more than a hundred people, you're going to start to require some sort of middle management. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that means you may have to salary someone. Um, You're going to make more with a hundred people than you will with 125 or 130. Mm -hmm. Like it's because you're, you're going to have to have another, another person, like a full-time person there to help you. Right. Especially you really need to go from like a hundred to two, two, like hundred to 150 to really make up. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you, now if you're totally, if you're single and just want to live at your gym, but that's not, that's not realistic. Right. Like you can't work 60 plus hours a week for the rest of your life. Yeah. And, and even if you can, like you, you're still going to need, you're still going to need some help. You can't do it by yourself. No one person has all the skill sets that you need. And that's, that's a hard pill for some of us to swallow. Right. Right. What are some of the skill sets that you don't have that you've got other people doing for you? Uh, so right now, uh, my wife came up with a really awesome idea during the quarantine about, um, she made these like, uh, you know how like a long time ago, or maybe they still do like uh, McDonald's had that like monopoly thing Mm -hmm. where you like take a quarter and you like scratch it off and see what you win. Like she like handmade all these things and we hand delivered it to all the members and then they could, they scratch off and see what prize they want. So get like a t-shirt. Um, some of them got like a song uh-huh. <laughs> made about them. Some of the appointment, it was like all silly stuff. And it was during quarantine just cause like, you know, everybody's depressed cause they're stuck in their house all day. So we're just trying to make everybody smile. And, uh, uh, so her, and then I have another coach, Joanna and Shannon, and they're able to come up with ideas like that, that I would never think of and, and execute them, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Like right now, Joanna's working on these thank you cards that we're going to go deliver to everybody. Um, some of that like personal touch and, and those like, fine details mm-hmm. i think are so important yeah she does that well <laughs> right yeah yeah that's awesome well so when you went to pt school so you go to pt school did you go with the intention of adding physical therapy as a business service or did you go thinking hey maybe i'll just have a job doing pt and we'll run the gym no i had no intention of working for somebody else yeah um i had the intention of like if this thing 
fell through and everything totally went south that I could work for someone else if I absolutely had to. So it was like, okay, it was kind of like on one hand, I'll always be able to earn an income, even if it's doing something I don't like, like I'll never be totally jobless. Um, but I wanted it to add, I wanted it to add value to what we were already doing. Yeah. You know, I wanted it to, to add value to um, members and then another revenue stream for the gym because we're kind of here like the, the real estate prices are probably the biggest danger to CrossFit gym is not other CrossFit gyms, at least in San Diego, it's the rising cross of real estate. That's, right. that's nasty out here. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of gyms like who have a lot of uh, overhead or just, you know, rent like suffered and struggled through even the last three months. Right. Yeah. It got, it can get real, real fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's where it goes to like, having a smaller gym because if you're a gym that needs 200 people um you're gonna have a real hard time can probably convincing 200 people to keep paying you and they can't come for three months yeah you know but you can main you can deliver enough value to like 60 or 70 people uh and and, ch and chances are you probably all know you all know each other personally maybe your kids play together like you you can make that work in a situation mm -hmm. like this it's not a forever solution but the, the chances of a smaller gym surviving are much higher yeah did you guys have um most of your people stay on as members or a chunk of people leave i mean how did that work out for you guys we we did okay for the most part like we retained almost all of them mm -hmm. um but there's still like you know kind of the the, the turnover with the navy because a lot of members yeah. in the navy of like people moving and stuff still occurred so mm -hmm. we, we lost some in that regard but we we retained a really really high most of our members yeah. um during all of this all right right on what um so in order to you know i think to in order to kind of combat some of that turnover that's where you guys came up with some of those like gifts and things for the members right was that part of that yeah we wanted gifts and we 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 also want just like want to make people give people a reason to be happy. Yeah. yeah. There's lots of reasons not to be happy. Right. You know, let's yeah. find some reasons to, to yeah. <laughs> Everybody, it's you don't have to look very hard for that. Right, um, right. But let's let's find some reasons to be positive and uh control the things that we can control, mm -hmm. which ultimately really is just our attitude. So adding physical therapy to your gym, you're doing it not just as a physical therapist renting space, but you're doing it as like the owner and you can kind of coordinate gym activities with physical therapy. So it, it probably like you make the decision and it happens rather than a lot of people who rent a space, make a decision. They have to pitch the idea to the gym owners. Hey, was this work? Right. Right. So what are some of the ways that you've integrated your physical therapy practice with your gym and, and how are they, not only just how are they um, benefiting each other, but what are some of the things that you've done to kind of integrate them so that you get a benefit to your members and it's not just filling up your gym, but your, your clinic and vice versa. So a couple of things we've done. Um, whenever one of the meetings you suggested, just give everybody like a 30 minute eval. Um, so we've done that and that's added a lot of value to people. Um, it's gotten people to get a, couple sessions but it is absolutely retained members mm -hmm. you know and it's hard to really know like how much it saved us but it's I mean, 100 percent like retained people from that um which to me that's that's what this is all about it's it's not if you can lessen the losses 
you're going to do really well in, in the gym. Um, re retention is the key. So it's hundred percent done that. Uh, and then we're kind of known for doing really, really thorough warmups and movement reviews and things like that. So I think just the actual product that we deliver, mm -hmm. it's been very helpful. Um, and then I got, I spent a lot of time, um, trying to get in network with TRICARE, which, um, so I do cash and I do TRICARE, which that's, um, that's a military healthcare for people listening. And so I have this population of people that come to my gym that are all in the, in the military. And so now they're able to see me most of, in most cases for nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and yeah, we I do have to go through an insurance company, which that's, that's, they're really nice, the people there. Um, but you're still, it's still more work. I mean, there's no, right. no way to shake that and it can suck sometimes, but it's worth it because the people, I mean, the, the people need it, especially some, some of those guys. Um, and I think it gives them a lot more value for the membership. And I feel like I can help them a lot more because I already know, you know, they're all people, they're all people, I'm friends with all people I know, I already know kind of what's matter. Right. Um, and, and everybody kind of wins. Yeah. Do they have, um, on the base there in Coronado, they have physical therapists on, on staff there? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, the way it works is active duty usually gets sent to base, mm -hmm. but the spouse is not so much. And then there's different, different types of TRICARE. There's like select and prime select is basically a PPO and they just go wherever they want. Yeah. Um, and a lot, and some of the spouses will have that, um, service members will have prime, which is like an HMO. But if they just go to their, their doc and are like, Hey, send me to, Brian Russell, one life physical therapy. Usually that gets approved because I mean, TRICARE doesn't care which clinic they go. I mean, it's the same out for them either way. Um, so generally if the, if the doc writes that, if they request and the doc writes that on there, it gets, it gets approved. Yeah. Was that, uh, what was the process like getting approved with TRICARE? Was it fairly easy, straightforward? Well, was there a, is there a secret it's, it's, that someone else didn't know about if they wanted do it in okay, a military so town. I've done this. It's totally worth it. If you're in a military town, they pay way more than most of the insurance companies. Um, you know, uh, but getting, getting in is brutal. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you there. Uh, once you're in it's so I, I would, I'd kind of had to do it twice. I got in as a non-network person. I did that for a little bit. And if you're non-network, you can only see the, the TRICARE select people. Um, but then I realized that was cutting out a lot of people, of potential people. So when you're in network, you take a 12% hit. Um, but it still pays like twice as much as Blue Cross yeah. with that. Um, but uh, it's, it's painful to get set up. Yeah. Like it, there's just, you're going to, and you're going to have to call them and call them and call them and you're going to get the runaround from any, anyone who's ever, dealt with the government knows what I'm talking about. However, I will tell you that their customer service people, everybody there is like really nice and they will actually call you back sometimes. I'll email me back. Um, I can't say anything negative about the actual people that, mm -hmm. that I've talked to. They're all very helpful. It's just when you're dealing with the government, um, stuff just takes a long time. Yeah. Just snow <laughs> for <laughs> no reason. I don't, I don't really know why, but it just does. Yeah. So now that it's set up, you know, the military members who have TRICARE come in and, 
you know, is it fairly easy to collect and file the claims and do all that? So that's my next thing. They've, they're the, I've been approved for like six weeks and they still don't have my billing set up yet. That's what I'm saying. This, this setup is, is brutal. Um, so I have somebody working on it for me. Um, I'm, they owe me 20 sessions Yeah. so far. I'll get it. Uh, but the first set of bills is miserable. But once you get going, it's easy. You can just go online and it's processed almost immediately. Yeah. The same thing happened when I got in non-network. Like it sucked getting going. But once it's once you have it set, you you uh, can see a, they process your claim instantly when you submit it yeah. online in their system. Right on. So, um, so this is benefits. So if you, you can deal with it, yeah. yeah. So, so if you can deal with uh, however long months it's going to take you going back and forth, yeah. Once you're set, it's totally worth it. Yeah, yeah. And so that means pretty much anyone who's in the military living on the base who has a uh, I mean, active duty members have TRICARE as their medical plan. Is that right? Yeah. So it's actually active duty, reserve, and retired. Okay. So we get the whole and their families. Yeah. Wow. So it's a pretty wide, like where I'm at. I mean, that's a lot of people. Yeah. So that's different than, don't... sorry, there's a little delay there, but that's different than like USAA. Like my dad was in uh, the, what did he do in Vietnam? He did, he was in like the civil service or medical. He was, he was a physician. He was a 25 year old physician and he did all the medical checks and worked it, you know? And so I had USAA, which is the, you only really have if you can be in the arm, if you've had a relative in the army or, or, or armed forces, but that's different. That was like a, a that, so one's healthcare, but US, I mean, so one's healthcare. One USAA was, is bank. Yeah. Bank, bank, auto, car, etc. right? Like it's in your house. Is, um, is that the way that like TRICARE works too? Is it very similar or is it only limited so to you have primary? To have someone, like if you're, yeah, your family has to be, or some, someone has to be in, in the military. And then I don't think your kids get it after they're 25. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about that. I think they're on their own after that. I don't think they can get any more. I, I could be wrong about that. Um, but uh, then when you retire, you get to keep it for yourself and your spouse. And it, yeah, yeah. It's a, there's a lot of people here that have that. Right, right, right. So bottom line is it, it lowers the barrier for a large chunk of people to get in and utilize a combination of your services. I mean, it's probably 85% of my gym membership. Yeah. yeah. At least. Wow. No, oh, that's awesome. What's the... Um, Tell me, tell me a little bit about when someone becomes a member, you were saying like the, you know, the, like the product you sell and the fact that, you know, they've get your members can get these, you know, like a free 30 minute eval. Like how is that, how are you distinct? Is that how you're distinguishing yourself from other CrossFit gyms or is it, you know, or is there something else that you've done over the years that really, um, the way you explain it or the way people experience it. Like what is it that you guys are kind of boxing up and packaging and like helping people with? I think the big thing that we, that separates us, um, we've been around forever and because so many people cycle through here with the military, you know, we have like word of mouth referrals. Like, so one lady was a member a couple of years ago, goes to Germany, comes back. Some other people from Germany come here when they get here. So you have, we almost have like this worldwide 
like network of, you know, people in the Navy that have just gone all over the place. And then they're like, uh, so like the, the, the seals are here and then there are a lot of helicopter squadrons here and there's some ships here. So all those people have like similar duty stations within their community. So they go, so they go from here to like Norfolk where they tell whoever at the gym at Norfolk, Hey, when you get to San Diego, cause then more people come back this way, right. Hey, check that place out. And then somebody goes to Hawaii and then they tell whoever's coming back here. You know what I mean? So it's like this, mm-hmm. like we've kind of, I would say put the work in over the years to kind of get people without really having to do much yeah. of anything and kind of created a, a very uh, family yeah. environment here. You're kind of That's you awesome. know, part of our family. Do you have things around your gym that are like, say, Hey, you know, like, like, like it's like, Hey, Clint was in the Navy too. Like they all know that. Or is it, they, you know, is there something specific that, you know, cause I mean, I don't know, like, like do people who come there know that, you know, Hey, this is also owned by a guy that was in the Navy and that's why we're here because of things you have uh, around or the way that you guys. It says that it. on our, on our website. Yeah. Um, and then we have all sorts of like Navy decorations everywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, different pins and, you know, flags and stuff like that. But, uh, and then just the, the actual members themselves, mm-hmm. because they all kind of stick together, you know, the families and stuff stick together. Cause imagine if you were moving all the time and you're always like the new person. Yeah. So your gym's full of people like that. So I think they're very quick to make friends with each other. Um, but yeah, I think, I think really the word of mouth from the members is yeah. what does it. That's awesome. Um, before we run out of time, I got, I got like a million questions, but I, I think this one will be really helpful for people. If someone is out there is interested in opening up a, like a physical therapy business inside a CrossFit gym or alongside a gym owner, or they also want to do, they want to own both. What would be your number one piece of advice? Um, you know, do you really want to do the work necessary to do that? Cause like you haven't seen me or heard from me on like the, the meetings. Cause I basically live here like yeah. this. I mean, are you, everybody wants to do this when it's good, when like times are good, you know, when you're got lots of members, but like, do you still want to do this during quarantine mm-hmm. when you're having to run online? I mean, do you hear what I'm saying? Like make sure that, that you really understand. I don't think you can really understand how much work it is till you're in it, but, yeah. but just, just know that yes, it is really awesome, but it's 10 times as much work as you think it is. And that would be the, you gotta be, you gotta be really ready to put some work in. Yeah. What's more uncomfortable rolling around in the ocean um, with 40 degrees with sand in your pants or being an entrepreneur? To be honest with you, like the first one, there's a bit of simplicity in that. Yeah. You just, someone says do that and you do that. It's a very, there's not really any thought process. You don't, you don't have to think in the same way. You're uncomfortable, but you just have to be uncomfortable. Whereas here, it's like, it's like the polar opposite. You're uncomfortable because you're uncertain. Mm-hmm. You're in, in, total uncertainty and no one's going to come tell you what it is you need to do next. Like there's no, 
there's no instructor or drill sergeant or someone like that that's that's going to punish you for doing something wrong because generally you you learn in a situation that you're you're being punished because you did something wrong and it's reinforcement to get you to do the right thing. Right. That isn't how this works. Like you, you know, you just lose money or like worse. So I, I would say being an entrepreneur is considerably harder because not only are you uncomfortable, you know, it's all, I mean, the buck stops with you. There's no, somebody had a sign somewhere. It was like, no one is coming. It is up to us. And that's kind of how this is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. But I think insightful. we're needed. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, we're, we're, especially right now, I mean, physical therapists, gym owners, I mean, right now there are a lot of people that are just stuck in their homes and they need us, whether it's providing some sort of online thing for them to do, whether it's, you know, we would also, we'd have like kind of weekly zoom, like wine hangouts or whatever, just, just like a lot of people exercise. Yeah. To like lose weight and stuff. But I think more so for just mental health, Mm -hmm. just, you're just happier when you move around and, and you know, the world, the world needs us right now. Like we, kind of owe it to everybody to survive. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, Clint, is there anything else you think would be helpful for people listening? I mean, that was some really good stuff, but is there anything else you think? Um, Did I miss anything? You got to know what your why is. Yeah. And that's, that's not like I got a text this morning. Um, there's this lady I saw yesterday. I, she, she's pregnant. I've been seeing her for lower back pain and she had gone to her doctor. Um, they thought she had like singles, but she's having like some nerve symptoms coming down her arm. Saw her yesterday, did some stuff on her neck, text me today saying, I'm not having that anymore. Like this is awesome. See you Friday. And like that, that's, that's why we're, that's why we do what we do you know, to, to give someone life, mm-hmm. you know, to, to let somebody be able to pick their kids up, to go run, to whatever it is, you know, that's, that's our role to, to keep them doing their thing. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I totally get it. And thank you very much for sharing those insights with us. Um, if someone wants to learn more about your business or get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, so the website's www.onelifephysicaltherapy.com. Uh, or www.crossfitcoronado.com and they can shoot me an email. It's uh, Clint, C-L-I-N-T, at onelifephysicaltherapy.com. Uh, and then I'm also on Instagram, Clint Russell DPT. Awesome, man. Well, Clint, thank you very much. Uh, dude, that was awesome. I appreciate it. Um, of course, thank you. Yeah. And uh, for you guys listening, this is Aaron LeBauer and Clint Russell, the Cash PT Lunch Hour. And all I got to say is you got to figure out why it's worth going through all this stuff because business isn't easy, and but it's absolutely worth it. So thank you guys for absolutely. being here. See you on the next show. Hey, what's up? It's Aaron. Real quick, if you're just starting a cash-based physical therapy practice or you already have one and you want to learn how to grow it and scale it, this is for you. I just released my brand new book, The Cash PT Blueprint. Because I want to get this book in the hands of every physical therapist out there. I want to give it away to you for free. All I ask is that you pay a little bit of shipping and handling, and you'll not only get the steps to create your own cash practice, but the tools to grow it and scale it beyond what everyone else thinks is possible. To snag your copy right now, go to cashptblueprintbook.com. That's C-A-S-H-P.
P-T-E-L-U-E-T-R-I-N-T-B-O-O-K.com. And we get your copy. Give me a shout out somewhere on social media. And we'll talk to you soon.